Well, hello everybody. We're starting off with uh, a new. Well, it's it's. I, I don't think I've played it before. That is a new uh, Kurgan track called Swagger. To which King Dinosaur says that bass riff is shook. Yeah, it's a good one. That's got it's just got a nice driving fucking bass line to it. I dig it. Bill Flint stopping in with a. How you all doing today? Season three. We are now on officially season three for this uh, crazy show. I can't believe this is already season three. Uh, feels like I just started doing this yesterday. But then again, uh, also, I know that's not true, and we've done a whole shitload of these. So, yeah. Uh, King uh, Dinosaur says, congratulations. Well, thank you. But, uh... Congratulations to all of you, too, because you're all a part of it. Uh, think back to all the fun, silly adventures and everything else we've had. It's pretty great. Um, my Christmas slash holiday vacation is almost over. I have off tomorrow, and I have off Tuesday, and then it's back to the crunch. Um, on one hand, I'm not looking forward to it. On the other hand... Uh, like I was saying last week, that at least sort of means, all right, let's get through into another year. Let's get, you know, some shit moving, some stuff going on. I feel like for as much as I enjoyed just sitting around kind of doing nothing, um, it'll be nice to cross more things off the board and have more, like, just get back to, all right, gym time, back to regular schedule, you know. Let's go back to focusing on, on getting shit done. Yes, Black Cat Season 3. And I apologize, it was a little bit late initially starting and switching this thing over. Uh, oh, King Dinosaur's unexpected vacation is over and has to go back to work tomorrow. How much snow did you guys end up getting over there? This is a re-oaked uh, Rittenhouse rye bottled in Bond. So cheers to you all out there. We're starting this off with something a little more premium. Oh my god. I got actual goosebumps. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> Holy shit. Whew. Um, but I was a little late because I had to go grab this. And then, uh, as I was coming back downstairs and coming over into, you know, I guess what you just call the recording studio, as silly as that kind of is, um, I encountered a happy friend and, uh, I'm going to show you this happy friend. Wait a minute, is that the same picture? No, it's a different picture. It didn't turn out as well as I thought it was going to. Must be because of the low light. But, uh, this dude just decided that he was going to come say hello. So if you see me suddenly jump, it's because I've gotten bit by a giant centipede. Creeping around in my bed. What are you doing down here in the winter, dude? Get out of here. <laughs> He's moving pretty slow. He was moving pretty slow. He was not in their normal turbo mode. I think he's probably either, I don't know, somehow got here from the outside or he's just cold down here in the basement. But uh, the dude is not moving at what I would call danger speed. But I felt kind of bad and decided not to squash it. 
Uh, Cat Minecrafter wants me to pet it. Uh, wait. Please get... And his name was John Cena's sound, so when you join, you can play that. I, I gotta get, at some point, probably the sound command things queued up, but... The only problem with those, man, some streams... I love Dan Dastardly streams to death. My god, sometimes that just turns into a sound spam fest. I could just play the John Cena theme song, whatever that abhorrent pseudo-rap whatever thing is that he plays. Um, Bill, you probably poked your head out the window at a good time. Unless you like centipedes, which I know you don't. Uh, hard to tell, but it snowed every day for a week. The problem was the ice and your governor firing all the washed-out workers, so no words, uh, roads are getting plowed, sanded, or salted. Hey, great job. Isn't government the best? If you ever want something done right, and you want the most efficient, thought-out, quality way to get a thing done, just let the government do it. Just let the government do it. Put the bug on my head and let it chill there for the stream. I'm going to go with a no on that one, but a, a nice idea. <laughs> he looks like a mustache. Aw, it's my little crawly mustache. Actually, maybe I should do that. I should put it on my mustache, and he can just chill here. It's kind of it's kind of adorable, uh, like, because he's, like you say, he's not moving fast. I feel like it's when they're, like, fast a million miles an hour that they're, like, super creepy. But that dude's moving, like... Maybe he partied a little too much on New Year's. He's uh, creeping around pretty slow. You got to meet Rudolph and Clarice. Like Clarice from Silence of the Lambs? <laughs> oh, Bill, you got snow down there in Tennessee? That's kind of cool. Wink. That wasn't supposed to be a pun. That's terrible. You did see a couple of innovative dudes with homemade plows on big trucks out there. God bless them. You always have to make friends with the neighborhood guy with the plow on his truck so that he comes and he plows your stuff. And then you're like, hey, I got you this Coors Light. And he's like, wow, thanks. I'll plow your driveway for the next 10 years. Like, thanks, dude. But how, how was everybody else's New Year's? Uh, so obviously we had the new year switch over, kick over, party over weekend, uh, that happened on Friday and Saturday. Um, I was going to go to two very good friends, uh, house of mine. We have sort of a tradition to go over there, but they ended up both getting violently sick. Um, don't know or think it's COVID. It might be regular flu since uh, some diarrhea and throwing up was involved. So I opted, A, to not go over there. <laughs> but, um, no, they, they were like, you know, my one buddy, he was sick enough to the point where his wife's like, he's like, can't even get off the couch. He's just like laying there. I was like, all right, we'll just get sleep. I'll just do whatever. So, I uh, did what I used to do back in the day on certain lonely New Year's Eves, which was I got drunk uh, and took some drugs and watched fucking The Terminator. And um, 
made a phone calls to a few lucky people. If you were lucky to get one of my pseudo high slash chill phone calls, count yourself blessed. <laughs> um, Black Cat says, right now to the people that get out there and plow themselves. Is that a euphemism for... Uh, I'm not going to go there. Um, Bill stayed home on New Year's Eve because he was hungover from Thursday. You know, you can just celebrate early. Celebrate early and skip the crowds. Then the actual day, you can just rest at home. What's wrong with that? It's perfect. It's fucking perfect. But I ended up... I was going to go to bed early, which I did not. Uh, and stayed up late and... I don't know what it was, but New Year's Day felt like the day that didn't happen. It was so bizarre. Like, I I got up kind of late, but... Like, I had a phone call with a friend of mine, and I swear, like, I watched a movie, and I feel like the day was over. I was like, what in the f-, f... Like, how did the day go by so fast? It's really weird. Cat Minecrafter watched six movies with her boyfriend on New Year's Day. What movies did you watch? I'm curious about that. Black Cat just goes... <laughs> King Geyser comments that it was alright eat a video chat at 10pm with his friend in Mexico. It was midnight for her. And then she called again when it was midnight here. It was nice. I mean, look, worse times, I guess, can be had. Uh, a fella I know, uh, online, he, uh, <laughs> traveled here from the UK, um, to come visit his girlfriend and she broke up with him a few days right after Christmas. <laughs> so it's nothing than taking a nice 4,000 mile trip to get dumped. <laughs> it really sucks. Um... King Dinosaur also got a call from a certain... T really? Who was it? <laughs> but Cat Minecrafter's movie library consisted of Don't Look Up, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Is that the... Is there, isn't there like a Brendan Fraser one? Or like the original one? The Giver, The Interview, Twilight, and Silver Linings Playbook. The most random array of movies. I mean, for a little while, it kind of sounds like a porno. Journey to the Center of the Earth, The Giver, The Interview. If you'd had, like, The Taker after that, I would have been like, we guys don't share that on stream. Yeah, that's a big ouch, right? Ooh. Isn't Don't Look Up the one that, like... See, I've heard, I've heard, like, mixed reviews of that Don't Look Up movie. Some people are like, wow, it was so amazing. Other people are like, ugh. So, I'm... I may have to check it out just so I can give an actual opinion on it. The beginning was great, the ending was terrible. Why can nobody end movies and stories and stuff? I feel like... I feel like that's, like... The J.J. Abrams School of Storytelling. Well, he's got this great setup with all these threads and crazy things that are happening. Done! You're like, wait, wait, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, like... Stuff, temporal, crazy... It's over, folks. We're packing it up. <laughs> like, wow, what? <laughs> 
as opposed to the ending of my shows, which at the very least, if anything, are consistent. Hmm? <laughs> but yes, we are cracking action uh, with season three. And I am not allowed, unfortunately, to sleep in super early tomorrow or super late tomorrow. Because I'm going to get myself some good crackle and crunch action at ye olde chiropractor. Which is good because uh, when I was doing sort of the Arizona trip and all that, I missed, I was hadn't seen him in his... Like, there's a longer period of time between visits than I like to go between. And I can kind of tell. Um, so I'm hoping that that's a good before work, entering, you know, getting back to work crunch um, sort of fest. But I also wanted to talk about some chiropractic visits slash experience that I've had because I feel like as you get with many things, but especially medical field-related stuff, uh, there's some good experiences, some bad experiences. There are some people who kind of know what they're doing, and some people, I feel like, that, for lack of a better phrase, just kind of phone it in. Um, so we'll get to that and talk about that a little bit, because chiropractors have helped uh, my family greatly, um, to be honest. So we'll get in and talk about that a little bit. You know, I, I can just feel like I need my back, especially the center of my back. It gets really like locked up and just needs to get crunched. King Dinosaur commenting on the crappy endings of movies gives the following point, which I agree with 100%. These people aren't writers. They're marketing executives. Right, they're studio whatever just producers who oh this is what the audience wants it's what the audience has no other choice but to go to and see that's the thing turn this down a little bit I feel like it's blazing right in my face I think I made it worse I think I need to go higher up that's a little better it's like bla it was like blazing right in my eyeballs, eyeballs. So in "Don't Look Up," the character's really loverable, but it felt really drawn out and more than needed. That's the other thing. So, over this holiday break, I did a thing that I'm sure Black Cat and King Dinosaur will do back backflips over, which is. I watched some older horror and suspense movies. So I watched the original House of Wax. I watched the original Mummy. I watched Hound of the Baskervilles. <sighs> what else did I watch? Uh, but like, you watch those movies, and a lot of them are like 75 minutes, or like 80 minutes. And you watch that 80 minute movie, and to a certain degree, it feels like you've watched a two-hour movie. It just didn't take two hours. In the same token, you watch a two-hour movie, and I often feel like, number one, you're like, God, am I watching a three-hour movie? But, and, or, I feel like you're like, okay, come on, when, like, can you finish it and get done? What What is with that? Is, there, is that like a thing now? 
Like, there's like, oh no, a movie has to be almost two hours, or otherwise it's too short and people didn't get their value. Like, I just want a good story. I'd rather watch an 80-minute movie that's awesome than some three-hour movie that you're like, oh, oh, see, two and a half hours, two, two and a half hours, and it felt like four. Barf. Like, I was going to watch, I know it's a critically acclaimed movie, but I was going to watch The Thin Red Line, which is a fantastic war movie. I've seen it before, but I was going to rewatch it because they had it in HD and it was free on Prime. I'm like, oh God, it's almost like three hours long. Like, fucking, I'm not going to sit here for three hours and watch this. Just like, like I'm over it, man. And, and it's weird because I can watch a series of a show and binge it and sit there and watch it all day. But I feel like because those episodes are an hour long, it's like pumping the gas pedal or transmission. There's a certain, you know, three-act part to each episode that when it's over, you're like, okay, well, you could take a break or take a shit or go for a smoke or go for a walk or pet your cat or eat a sandwich or fucking moisten your fence wood, whatever you want to do. But it's a nice hour, right? So if you want to do another one, watch two of them. That's about two hours-ish. But, like, some of these fucking movies, man. And you're telling me that, like... And, like, I don't know, maybe I'm an asshole, but, like, you're telling me some of these superhero movies, whatever, need to be, like, fucking three hours long and shit? Like, what are you doing? This isn't... The fucking history of the Bible. Just tell the fucking story, dude. Is this just me? Or does it feel like these movies now are just like fucking endless? Like they just, you're like, like Midsommar. I love to pick on Midsommar because that movie fucking sucks. That still remains my review of that movie. But that, that fucking movie could have been a Twilight Zone episode. It could have been 40 minutes and been over and done. And you could have cut out a lot of the stuff that to me was implausibly dopey that nobody, like, I don't know, like when a movie violates a certain reality thing, like, it, like I get when characters panic and I get when they're terrified or afraid or whatever and make like irrational decisions. But when you stretch it out and then you go... Yeah, but, like, that one, I can't, like, I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil Midsommar, because you shouldn't watch it, because it's a piece of shit. But at some point, these kids who are there, like, visiting Norway or Sweden or whatever the F it is, you know, they're at this commune there for research, doing these thesis papers, and, oh, they're, you know, they're invited to watch this ritual, and as they're watching it, the, like, these people jump off this cliff and fall and just smash into bloody pulp on the rocks. And like, you know, they're like screaming and yelling and they're like, yes, but this is just part of their culture. We shouldn't judge. Like, man, fuck that. Fuck that. You're telling me that if that was like a regular, like regular people there, they wouldn't have said, I'm getting the, I'm getting the fuck out of here. This is fucking weird. These people are acting weird. Nobody would have stayed. Yeah, let's stay and sleep in this house. Get, get, fuck off. Like, no. And I'm like, that to me is a, I have this idea for a really shocking scene and I have to put it in here. Like, yeah, but it doesn't make, 
no, but I have to do it. And so then you figure out some convoluted way to make it go in there. No, this is bad. It's not. Your last movie was awesome. This movie's fucking stupid. <laughs> not to mention that, in my opinion, the message of that movie was completely backwards. Because, if anything, I totally sympathized with the boyfriend and thought the girlfriend was the biggest selfish, self-centered, egotistical, narcissistic cunt. And that he was actually trying to be kind of nice. And so if the message was like, yes, this is her and you're getting her revenge. Like, no, dude, she's kind of an asshole. Like, she took pleasure and all. Like, that movie's terrible. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, like, my review of that, like, I don't like giving stars, but seriously, my review of that movie is <laughs> out of ten. If anything, like, look for some 30-second Midsommar parody YouTube video and watch that instead. You'll probably have a better time. Cheers. See, like, <clears throat> Black Cat, that's totally valid. Uh, Black Cat says, I hardly watch any new movies. I've tried. Cat Minecrafter said, that's why I prefer TV shows. Um, and King Dinosaur comments, yeah, it's weird. Longer running time does not mean better movie. All of those are valid points. And to a degree, I agree with a lot of them. The longer running time equal, does not equal better movies. just equivocably true because again you can watch some of those old classics and they hold up well and the stories are awesome and the acting is awesome and earnest and so on and so forth and it's a complete story and you go they will sell that in 80 minutes why did it take you you know 180 minutes or whatever to tell this fucking thing <laughs> on the tv show front i feel like the only problem with some of the tv shows is again they fall into that they weave too many threads and then they don't know how to weave them back together or it just gets so overly complicated. Like it's like, it's like that escalation thing. You're like, Oh, and then what's going to happen? You're like, okay, like this many murders or whatever in this town, I'm pretty sure that this would be national news and like, like, give me a break. Which is where I occasionally like a movie because it's a little more of a self-contained thing that's over curtain curtains close and you're left to like your imagination of what happens next. On the new movies thing, I'm going to use a phrase that Labalana Winners said, which is that she thinks the future of horror is indie horror, and I think that is made even more starkly true by the Blood Rose Friday the 13th fan movie that was just aired that seemed like that actually got far more hype from the Twitter crew and the horror people on there than the last Halloween movie did. And I think there are actually a lot of great new movies. There's I've seen some new movies recently, I'll just say in the last couple of years, that were superb. But the thing is... They weren't the movies that necessarily got pitched and pimped by the big studios. They weren't really movies that got either theatrical releases, or if they did, they were ones that either got kind of pushed under the carpet, or weren't the ones that Netflix was more or less going to force you to watch. Because again, if you 
believe the conspiracy and you should. Netflix is very sketchy about releasing what numbers on who watches what and what they classify as market and audience engagement, besides of which they own the platform. So they stick the movie in front of everybody's face to make it seem like everybody's watching it. And then you watch it because you're like, well, I guess everybody's watching this. And it's like, oh, see, everybody is watching. And you're like, yeah, it's a little. But uh, again, I talked on one episode about those French action movies that were made. There's a movie called uh, The Crew that is just like a 10 out of 10. It's one of the best heist movies I've seen in fucking ages. The acting, the story, the the violence is tight. The the It's... It's sleek and lean and mean, and the the French actor that plays the lead guy is just fucking badass, like, perfection. It's really, really fucking good. And again, that is The Crew that you can watch that's currently on Netflix. I don't have Netflix anymore, but I know a lot of people do, so that's maybe one to check out. And so, new movies, there is a lot of good new stuff coming out. I just feel like it's not that stuff like the Hollywood stuff is just um you know I was all big on uh, Taylor Sheridan movies with Hell or High Water and Wind River but he's uh I mean shit he's got he's writing his career and whatever with Yellowstone in 1883 so I have a feeling he probably won't be doing movies for some time because those two shows are just eating up the eating up the charts. And I actually really enjoyed them. I watched the first three seasons of Yellowstone and I enjoyed it greatly. It has it suffers from some of the same stuff that a lot of those serial shows have, but it was still very good. I still really enjoyed it. Um But I, I sort of agree in terms of stories. Again, uh there was a new Jack Reacher book that was released, and I don't know if he, like, co-wrote it with his son or something. And I'm excited for it because I've read all of them, and I enjoy them in a bubblegum sense. But I'm going to be 100% honest with you, and you might think I'm saying this, but I'm going to look directly into the camera so you know I'm 100% serious when I say I am more excited to read King Dinosaur's new book than I am that book. And that's the thing. I think that there's a lot of independent produced stuff by people who now are able to get it out there that is super enjoyable. It, it's it's new stuff that's good because it's, it's not shackled with, oh, you have to appease the Chinese audience or, oh, you have to have each one of these boxes on a, like, no, it's just the story. It's the story the person wanted to tell. And they're just going to tell it the way they're going to tell it because they wrote it themselves and they either self-published it on Amazon or maybe they paid somebody to get a paper copy or they did it on YouTube or Kickstarter or whatever. Like that stuff is kicking ass. And, and yeah, seriously, I'm more excited for that book than maybe any other book that I currently have on my docket. I'm, I'm more excited to read a new blog post by Bill or Black Cat <clears throat> than I am some, oh, Mitch Albom's new, whatever. I, I could give two fucks about that. I really could. So I think, I think in that regard, 
I agree with Lady Winners that I think indie, in a lot of ways, is going to become sort of the future of a lot of this stuff because it's getting... It's crumbling under the weight of its own petard. Um, It's just... It's not it's not interesting a lot of it to me anymore. And and the good stuff that's coming out is made by the smaller directors, written by the smaller writers, and in often cases acted by the actors. Like like this is gonna be sound so weird and like such bullshit. But I would say right now, out of any of the big name actors out there, I give the most credit to Nick Cage. And I say that seriously, and the reason why I say it seriously is because he clearly is not above considering a movie or a part based on, like, well, is this going to be the big hot, like, you know, I, I feel like his attitude isn't necessarily this movie is below me. Because he's done silly action-style movies like Willy, Willy's Wonderland. He's done ethereal collaborations like fucking Mandy. He's done horror science fiction movies. Uh, and we talked about that from a director that got basically shunned and chased out of Hollywood over to that movie Pig, which when I first read the the pitch for Pig, I thought was going to be some silly revenge movie, but it wasn't. It was one of the most touching and sad movies I've seen, Jesus, in ages. And uh, the friend that I went and saw that with, shit, she started crying near the end of the movie. And, like, I, I gotta be honest, I got choked up too. That movie hit me hard. So, you know, that's the thing. Movies like that, like, I don't want to say the weird stuff. You know, Black Cat, I'm maybe not ready to move into a slum and start snorting cocaine, but I do agree that... Being a little unconventional, being a little weird in that regard, and again, that's why I've always, that's why I often liked the action, horror, and science fiction movies because they explored stuff and they weren't afraid to be a little wacky. Like your wackadoo poncho, man. That's it. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's take a mid-episode break, and we'll be right back. So, as we continue to talk to some of the folks in chat, let's talk a little bit about some chiropractic adventures. So, the first experience that I had with a chiropractor was back when uh, my mother was very sick, uh, way back in the day, and she had uh, some pain problems and issues that a chiropractor was able to help her with. And yes, there's the classic adjustment where there's some cracking and releasing. Um, but then my father, at one point, he like fell back off a ladder and he, he caught himself. He didn't like fall flat on the ground. But that jarring motion uh, in his back, uh, he hurt himself really bad. And... Um, 
he was at the at the beginning, I think, kind of reticent about a chiropractor because whether he was told by his family doctor, oh, that's quackery level shit, don't do that, or whatever. But, uh, you know, the idea of, oh, you're going to go in, you're going to get cracked, and they're going to they're gonna break your back, and this and that and the other. But he finally went in to see one. And, geez, it, it, changed, it changed his life. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways gave him, gave him some health back and allowed him to heal. Um, Black Cat says, it's better to sleep good. I wish I could. Why is it so hard to just go to sleep? Why is sleeping so difficult? I feel like it should be the easiest thing in the world. You watch like a cat or a dog and they're like, all right, I'm going to turn in a circle three times and I'll flop down and they're out. Why can't we just fucking do that? What the fuck? But... The thing with, like, you know, that I mostly hear about chiropractors, one of the biggest complaints, and I would say this is a legit complaint, is when people are like, oh, well, I don't want to be going here every week and have to go here for the rest of my life or whatever. And, well, in the conversations that I had with the chiropractors that I see, and because I've seen three of them, and the, the two that I continue to see now, um... We're very intelligent and very forthright in that they said, well, you, you have some dysfunctions that up front we're going to need to see you a little more frequently. And we don't necessarily want to have to have you come back all the time. That's not our goal. We don't want this to be a forever thing. So we want you to get to a point where, you know, you don't have to come back if you don't want to. No. I will recommend that you do only because some of the dysfunctions that you have, if we don't necessarily know how you got there, whether it's the way you sit or walk or something else that you're doing, if we get you to a point where you're feeling good, and even though you may be doing some of the things that we give you, whether they're stretches or routines or whatever, hey, you might be starting to slide back into that same dysfunction but you might not so that choice is yours like once we get to a certain point I'm going to say hey like that's probably pretty good and then it's up to you you come back when you want to but like I'm not going to say that you should keep coming back and I respected that a lot and they said on the same token you know uh if you have coverage and you want to come back, like, we're not going to tell you don't. And they said, you know, it's, it's sort of an idea that if you have a dysfunction that's causing you pain, which I did, that can be corrected. But then there's a lot of other stuff that takes a much longer time to basically undo so, for example, losing some of the curve in your spine, that's harder to undo and takes a lot longer to basically fix than, hey, your hips are a little out of alignment or rotated and that's causing you some back pain. So, the first one in that regard that I went to see, and this may surprise you, may not, <clears throat> is that chiropractors much like doctors, they're not all the same. 
And so the one that I went to was an upper cervical specialist that specializes on your body's ability to self-heal. That chiropractor never cracked me once. There was never any of the neck crunching or the back crunching, none of that. Instead, they use a combination of mathematics, uh, temperature mapping, and biomechanics to sort of see where you're off. And then they use this little thing called an activator, which is basically this little metal pin that just kind of gives you a firm tap. And they basically find areas of what muscle on your body needs to be released or triggered so that your body will basically get itself back into its own alignment. Now I had a whole lot of pain and my neck was like glitching, which meant that every now and then, like I couldn't really turn it far to one side, especially without it hurting. And it would just randomly come and go. And the reason for that was because I had two vertebrae in my neck that were counter twisted. So one of the ones that is like the second one down from your skull was rotated to the left and the one below that was pulling to the right. So you had two that were basically doing this. And that was causing me all sorts of muscular fucking tension and all sorts of bullshit. It was just wrecking me bad. He said, you also have a little bit of some rotation and some misalignment in your lower back and your hips. His analysis and his strategy was that what he was taught is that you have to fix it from the top down because if you try to fix the lower part of your body and the upper part of your neck and your back are still all tense and twisted and fucked up, that's just going to flow back down top bottom. So the first thing that they had to do was try to figure out and find a way to fix that upper part of my neck. And again, he did no crunching. He did no twisting. He did no popping. It was a little bit of just some slight massage, some pushing on the muscles, and then some of this activator. And then what they use is they use uh, like this gravity bench. Yeah, dude, it, it was bad. The year that I first started this show, um, I finally started to feel, I started to finally come out of that. And, and I have more issues that I'll talk about in another episode, but, um, you guys will never know how much I was physically suffering that year. <laughs> Bad. So they, they put you on this table and what they'll do, well, before they, before you go on the table, they'll have you sit and they take this thing that's like two sensitive, uh, thermometers and they'll touch them to the back of your head. And then he runs them down your lower back down sort of right about to the top of your lower back. And what they do is they give a various 
amount of readings. So it, it's almost like a like a 360 degree microphone temperature. And when they run that down your back, what it's supposed to be is it's supposed to be even in consistent temperature straight all the way down. If it isn't, then that typically means you have either constricted blood flow and or you have a muscle that has kind of gone berserk. So where there's differences in the temperature, that's where they sort of look for. So they look at that and then they also have you stand on this little platform that has pressure sensitive plates and they can tell how much pressure you're putting on one foot versus the other. And also while you're standing there, they have these little lines uh, that are suspended uh, in a frame and they basically have one that's like a reference of where you're supposed to be straight. So they'll lower it and say like, here's the top of your hips and then here's where you're at. And so that then can give you both a visual and mathematical gauge of what degree you are off. So for example, this shoulder is low and he's like, yeah, it, it's way lower than it should be. Often people have one shoulder that's low. And especially if you do a lot of desk work and you're using a mop and so on and so forth. <clears throat> but they also found that I was putting over 20 pounds of extra pressure on my right foot. So standing, I'm not putting even weight on both feet. One foot has almost a whole 20 pounds of weight on one side. And he said in that can be what's really causing you a lot of back pain and stress and pressure. So we have to fix that. So <clears throat> once they get that analysis in place, again, part of this was you, you lay on this table and you'd kind of massage a little bit. He'd use this activator and then they, they would say like, okay, you know, he, he would sort of just gently get you in a position and they'd say, all right, now take a deep breath in. And then take a deep breath out. And when your breath goes out, the table just drops a little bit. It's just a little bump. There's no, again, giant cracking or crunching or anything like that. It's just a little bump. And so then they'd have you sit up. They'd tap you with this activator again. And then it was, okay, now you're going to go sit on this zero gravity chair in the back. And we want you to basically take a 30-minute nap. Just sit in that chair and just relax. Let your muscles now of what I've done, we want to give them time to kind of move themselves around a little bit and reset. Fucking saved my life. God, I was in so much pain. I mean, I sort of pride myself now on being a, a, a strong, capable guy, and I, I could barely take a shower. I, I thought I was done. I'm like, I, who, I'm a broken man. I'm, I'm busted up. I can't even fucking wipe my ass. And that gave me my fucking, in a lot of ways, my quality of life back. Also gave a lot of other good advice on stuff. Um, you know, shoes and footwear and uh, sleeping 
said, you know, uh, especially until you get all this sorted, I know it's going to be difficult, but you need to learn to sleep on your back. You need to learn to sleep on your back. Here's some options for some different foam appliances that you can use to help make that more comfortable. But you can't sleep on your side because your hips are already rotated and they're already so like you need to be flat so that your body can rest especially after you get these procedures done <laughs> so that really helped me that that really helped me a lot and so if you are hesitant to see a chiropractor because you're worried about nerve damage from crunching and cracking and all that stuff you may want to look at an upper cervical specialist. Um, there is a doctor called Neil King. And Neil King uh, specializes, um, and this is another thing that you can look into, uh, a discipline called rolfing. And that's all, again, about using your body to heal itself. Uh, it's about movement preparation and certain stretches and exercises to basically get your body to balance itself back out. So if you have some issues for some stuff like that, again, your mileage may vary. Not a doctor, just sharing my own personal experience. But those are some things that you may want to look into um, if you're not feeling so great. Again, for me personally, it was, again, sort of stressful to have to go to these appointments, but God, that, uh, say in a lot of ways, gave me my life back. Um, you know. Black Cat says, I've never been to one, but you need to knock on wood. <clears throat> I mean, it... What's fascinating about that is chiro, the, the practice of chiropractic, um, I mean, it, it goes back to like ancient times. It, it's not necessarily new. Uh, it's been around for ages and ages. And just like massage or any other sort of mechanical re-manipulation of things, uh, it's been around, it's been around for ages. They're still learning about it. And I think that in a lot of cases it gets a bad rap because, and I may go into this on another episode, there was basically a smear campaign that was put out against that because they didn't want to basically play ball with like the doctor's association. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, do your own research. King Dinosaur says, My chiropractor saved my life. He's a loon, but he fixed stuff regular doctors and physical therapists couldn't. It's the same experience I had. Uh, you know, they... It'd be like, they'd be like going to the tire store and ask him to fix a transmission. Uh, they, they don't... I feel like doctors in a lot of ways, like they don't, 
they may understand parts of that, but then like there's a component of that where I feel like they're just completely blind because they're not taught any of that. They don't really have much knowledge of it. It's, it's out of their arsenal. So go to different, go to different weapons specialists in that regard. Black Cat says they have a school for Rolfing and Boulder. Let them practice on me a couple of times. But that Rolfing stuff is good, uh, right? Like, again, that's not, they're not cracking and yet, like, it, it's very much a, I'm going to say there's a lot of, like, Eastern level philosophy to that. Uh, I think it was developed by a German woman. Um, again, that gave me tremendous amount of benefit and relief. Now, I've also gone to see a regular chiropractor, regular chiropractor, and he's very intelligent, at least as far as I can tell. He's very patient. And he also said, well, you, the other thing is you have one leg that's longer. Now, you can have a longer leg for several reasons. It could be that your bones are actually longer, or it can be that you have a hip that's high or hip that's low, but one way that you can sort of use your body to autocorrect this is by putting a lift in one or the other shoes. So he gave me some cork forms to put in my shoe. And for about a year or so, I had this cork lift in my shoe. And that gradually over time uh, fixed my crookedness. He also did some classic manipulations. But he also did stuff that I hadn't anticipated like for one example he said well yes your your you know your your back and your neck have some issues that need to be corrected but because of the way that that's off your one foot now is trained where when you step you don't step the same way with one foot because he was doing this thing where he's like kind of like banging my foot. i was like what are you doing with that he says well this is to help relax your ankle and get that foot to step flat like the other foot does. And he's doing this thing where he sort of puts this band around your ankle and he's you lay on this table. And, it, and it's not hard, but it's just gently like moving your leg and your back while he's like put, he goes, you know, and again, it's the muscles have to get sort of just pushed and retrained a little bit and you give them some help and you let your body kind of heal yourself. So he had kind of a combination of both of those treatments. And then occasionally he also does the, yeah, I can tell like your, your neck is getting a little glitchy on the one side. And he's like, are you comfortable if I give you an adjustment? And I appreciated that. And I said, you know, that that's interesting that like you, because well, I know that there's a lot of people where that terrifies them. And if somebody isn't comfortable with it, I don't want to do it. So I always ask, and I'm very upfront with that, that yes, it's going to crack and crunch. And it may actually even hurt a little bit immediately afterwards. Because again, your muscles and everything that are back there are going to suddenly move and shift all around. So if you panic you can make that really bad. You know, after you get an adjustment like this, you have to relax. He said, so 
I always ask people if they're comfortable with that, because if they're not, then I don't want to do it. I respected that a lot. So that's where I'm going tomorrow morning. Um, that has given me, in a lot of sense, so much of my life back. Uh, I thought I was going to be just a very careful, slow-moving, like I thought I was done. And uh, a lot of the knowledge that I had and got from that is knowledge that I wish I had had years ago. Because if I had had it, I would have been basically been taking preventative measures to prevent getting to that point in the first place, right? But, you know, some of it is until you have a certain level of dysfunction, again, whether it's the way you sit or walk or who knows how or when or why, but <clears throat> then it's, well, this is what you need to do to, to fix that thing, like long-term. You know, like one of them that I do is um, you sort of stand near a door frame and you let one hip drop and then you push it up with your leg and you do that on both sides and it's to help keep your muscles, keeping your hips straight. Um, a lot of stuff like that. One of them was basically on a neck release or basically in, in, don't do this while you're watching me, because this is specifically for me. I'm just using this as a demonstration for what I was given. But you basically just tuck your chin back. And see, like, when I do that, there's usually a couple of little cracks. But the important thing is, you don't stick your neck out forwards. It's just the backwards. And so you do those. And then I was told to do yes, no's. So obviously that's a no. And then you talk. And then you do yes. And those motions that you just saw me do a couple of years ago, I couldn't do them. I could barely turn my head that way. And it hurt. <clears throat> um, a lot of stuff. Like my, I couldn't move my shoulders back past a certain point. Um, I was so locked up and so tense and didn't even know it. So if you're feeling any stuff like that, you know, I would possibly recommend at least get the eval. Even if you end up not getting the crunch and crack and whatever treatment. If you find a place that you can get a good recommendation for. And I was fortunate that I had good recommendations for these places from people who went there. But if you can get some good recommendations for places like that. Maybe even just get the eval. That might be something where they say, you know what, you're mostly fine, except blah, blah, blah. And so all you should do is occasionally this, and that'll keep you fine. That might prevent you from, like, look, you see old people walk around where they're, like, hunchbacked and whatever. There's no reason for you to have to be like that. That's just bad mechanics left to get worse over time. So...
that's that. Crack in action, season three. That's the first episode in the bag. Let's go ahead and finish our drinks. And as we say at the end of, I would say, 99% of these episodes, but let's just globally cover the year in case I forget. Is that fair? Stay safe, keep the faith, and all that good shit. And we'll see you again tomorrow for another 11 p.m. nightcap.